0: Hi everyone. Welcome. Um, my name's Trinity. I'm your host, and this is the first episode of Miracle Theory. Um, today I have an amazing guest and friend of mine. She is sharing her story and an intimate part of her life. Um, she does join us from a different state. She's calling from over the phone. So headphones are advised uh, for sound quality purposes, but, um, I'm very excited for this episode. I know you guys have been watching, maybe waiting and following my updates on my social media pages. So thank you so much for all the love, all the support. It is finally here and I'm very excited for you guys to see what I have put together. Um. Just as a reminder these stories that I'm bringing to you do cover topics of trauma and um, can be difficult for some people to talk about Uh, but you know just remember to listen attentively and with an open mind and be patient and I hope you guys enjoy this video as much as I did making it. I have A lot more to come, so stay tuned, keep watching for updates, definitely like and share my posts if you can, subscribe to my brand new YouTube channel um, so you guys can see the content that does come out very soon. So I hope you enjoy, feel free to leave me feedback, and I will see you guys soon. Thank you. All right, hi everyone. Welcome to Miracle Theory.
1: On the phone with me today, all the way from Nevada, I have Joanne. We actually went to college together. I'm so happy to have her on the show. She has an inspiring, jaw dropping story for us today, and I can't wait for you all to hear. So, without further ado, Joanne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get started?
2: Hi everyone. Um, As Trinity said, my name is Joanne and I currently live in Nevada. I'm from Winnemuc, that's a really, really small town. Um, you can drive through it within a couple minutes, but other than that, I am graduated with Trinity, and I got my degree in coming.
1: Awesome. All right, thank you so much for that, Joanne. Um, so to kick off the show, as always, I'm going to be asking people um, what their biggest fear is, just to see if it kind of correlates with their experience. So, Joanne, what is your
0: biggest fear? Um, I, I would say my biggest fear is not living
2: my full life to like its biggest potential I mean I know that that correlates
1: with my story but not I guess accomplishing everything that I want to do in the life that I have left absolutely for sure um all right so for all the guests I'm having on my show I'm asking them you know if they could put a title on their story or their experience to kind of sum up everything that they went through what would your title be what would you title this discussion or your story
2: um, I would say that's kind of, you know,
1: I know it's a little cliche, but my second chance. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm excited to hear how that translates into what you're going to tell us. Um, so with that being said, why don't we just start off the rest of the segment by you sharing your experience. Just go ahead. This is your time to tell us from start to finish what went down, and then I'll ask some questions after that. I guess so just a little backstory. My parents divorced when I was 12 years old, and um, it definitely took a toll on how I grew up. But I mean, I had the most
2: amazing mother and siblings to grow up with. And so after my parents divorced, I think I kind of took it out on myself thinking that, oh, it was my fault or they divorced because of me. And ever since then, um, like all through grade school and high school, it, it was one of those. Life that I guess I wouldn't say that I'm proud of, that I always got in trouble. Um, I didn't really see a future for myself. And I did actually try to take my life once in my freshman year of high school. And, uh, I think that, like I said, that correlates to my second chance. And mm-hmm. I played basketball in high school. And my freshman year, um, I was playing basketball and me and this girl was shorter than me, you know, you never think there's an accident oh, this would happen or going for the ball and it was a jump ball. and... From one second to the next, I dislocated my hip, and she crawled on my knee. And I have a really high pain tolerance, so in the moment, here, Jalen was rushing, and, and I didn't think that I went down as hard as I did, and I got up. And it turns out that I turned my ACL, my did and it didn't damage all the cartilage of my knee. And you know, that's, that's, as a three-sport athlete, that's not something that you want to hear, especially you're rushing your high school. Yeah. And so, long story short. Uh, Surgery, time of surgery. They told me that you know you just tore your ACL. It's just going to be a routine surgery and fixing the, the cartilage. And well, this being my first surgery, we didn't know how much my body would retain the anesthesia. And so um, the anesthetic wore off like a good ten minutes into the procedure, and you know everything went wrong that could have gone wrong. The, the nurse drops the drops my kneecap and. Long story short, I mean, we ended up having to get a knee flown in. It was a full knee replacement. And anyway, to get me put under again, they had to give me an extra shot of anesthetic. And I flatlined for two minutes and 36 seconds. And those felt like the biggest
0: minutes of my
1: life. Wow. Did you... When you... So you said two minutes and 30 seconds, is that right? Two minutes and 36 seconds. And 36 seconds
2: the EKG, I think that's what it's called, report thing, showed that that's how long
1: I flatlined. So, meaning your heart just stopped, like you were just out for 2.36. Did you, did you, do you remember anything from that time, or was it just all kind of blank?
2: So, you know how they say that, like, your life really flashes before your eyes. Right. Like, the last seven minutes of your life. I mean, I do really, I mean, I, I was skeptical of it, and I was only gone for two months and 36, and it, it definitely is, like, a replay of your life, but with me, it was only me and my sister, like, in and, and I've that time, you know, I have a brother, I have a mom, I have family that, that you'd think that would be in my memories, but me and my sister, I love them at the farm, so we've always been really close, and so, I mean, I still remember, like, us as little kids, just little memories, we to live on a three-acre lot, and, and manage a farm, and so you'd see us just, like, running through the fields, and. Wow. All the little forts that we used to build. And so it, I, I mean, I to this day,
0: I still don't know why it was just me and my sister, but I feel like that brought us closer because, like I said, after our parents' divorce, it was kind of me blaming myself or me blaming her that that's why they divorced. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it definitely plays a toll on someone that's 12 years old. I mean, that's your right. developmental
1: stage. And so... So she... It was almost like a spiritual experience that kind of bonded you, in a sense, going forward. So now it's kind of like you're connected in a different way, almost.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said before, I mean, like you asked me in the beginning, my biggest fear, in fact, was dying and not being not being able to make my mom proud. You know, raising three children on mm-hmm. their own or living the life that I've always wanted to, you know, accomplishing the dreams that I've always thought that I would do, given you know, my mom gave me that push, and so my freshman year when I passed away, it was one of those where I said I was going through a tough time, I was in trouble, and and, and it really, like I said, it was my second chance, because when I came back, you know, I was always scared of dying, and I'm not saying that I minded, you know, flatlining for two minutes, but it's just, you know, there's a reason why I came back, because, you know, as peaceful as it was, I, I can't sit here and say, you know, that I'm not, I'm not scared about it anymore, it just, it's one of those where now my fear is you know, when my time comes, it'll come, and I can't beat that, but I want to be able to say that I've lived the life, and I've accomplished everything that I wanted to do now that I, you know, got my wake-up call.
1: Wow, yeah, that's really interesting that you say it almost kind of, maybe not entirely, but took away your fear a little bit of when that time comes, because you've kind of had that, like, peaceful experience with what that's oh, 100%. like. I mean, I grew up, and I was very attached to my grandma growing up, and then she died at a really young age, and ever since that, you know, that moment, it's always been
2: that fear of, oh, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die, and mm-hmm. and that the the question, I mean, that, that I know a lot of people ask is, oh, what happens next, like, do you see a light, and all this other stuff, I mean, I wasn't gone for that long, but it was the most peaceful thing that I, it, it beats sitting at a beach drinking margaritas kind of
1: peace. Wow, that is extremely unique. Like the amount of people that probably get to or not get to, but have that moment where they kind of leave their body and then come back is un—it's unreal, truly. I mean, but real because you went through it. So um, now you kind of mentioned you—you said that you that you came back. Obviously, um, did you think anything when you kind of woke up? I mean, were you still? Did you know you were in surgery still, or? So when I went
2: into the surgery, you know, like I said, everything, I woke up, and I I saw what they were doing,
1: and so that's why they freaked out and dropped, you know, everything went wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the middle of, I guess, of me dying, or in the
2: transition of coming back, I could just hear my mom, you know, she's very religious, and she was the one that brought me to the the operating room, so she was just in the waiting room, which wasn't close, and all I could do is just hear her praying that I would come out, you know, wow. safely. And I feel like that that's what really brought me back is, you know, there's, I, I've, I've met a lot of people that have gone through this experience and uh-huh. when they face death, they, they they themselves don't have a fight anymore and that's why they don't usually come back.
1: Okay. And
2: so feel like knowing that my mom was there praying for me and asking, you know, like, hey, you know, whatever, if anything were to go wrong, make sure that she gets out safely. And so... I don't really remember, like, I, I just thought I was dreaming, but it was the most peaceful thing ever, that when I woke up, my doctor had
0: told my mom, because um, it took five hours to wake me up after the procedure, and so I was oh, in wow. and out, and given that
2: they gave me such a high dose, that's why they said it was normal, and that, the fact that my heart stopped, and so all I really remember when coming to it was that the doctors had told my mom that I had drifted, Okay. and my mom didn't really, I guess, grasp the fact that, hey, your daughter died. She just they said she drifted, and so later on, you know, while we're, we're going home, I was telling my mom, I was like, Look, mom, I could hear you. You were like right next to me, and Jasmine was, was five years old, and she was next to me. You know, she's thinking that hey, you're just wearing off of the anesthetic. And now, finally, I ended up telling her, like, over and over again, like, This is what happened. And come and to find out, yeah, she ended up confirming with the doctor that I did die for two minutes the 36
1: seconds. Yeah drifted is a very lax way of putting it I guess wild um yeah I know when my mom my mom understood it that oh you know she just
2: fell asleep longer than most people I mean I guess you could put it that way it did really feel like a dream but yeah the most truthful thing that I've ever had to
1: go through yeah it's I think the most amazing thing I mean that I take away from that. It's just the fact that you could hear your mom, like, pulling you back, and that was kind of like your motivation for coming out of that. Oh, yeah. And I'm like I said to this day, it's, my mom is
2: the reason why I do what I do, because it's not, it's not easy raising three children on your own after, right. you know, my dad left us when we were,
0: right after the divorce, and ever since then, I mean, it's always been her, and I owe my
1: life to her. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. That's, that's, that's very deep, and that's very spiritual, and I, It's almost kind of like you you found a, kind of a newfound appreciation for your mom and your family through your experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I I was lost, and I I know that a lot of kids that have divorced parents go through that same situation. Mm -hmm. That I know that, I mean, to this day, I advocate for those children, because I know that I walked in their shoes, and I know what it feels, and so, I mean... Yeah. I've come face-to-face with kids already that have gone through what I do and wanting to take their life. And, you know, I stay here today knowing that I got my second chance so that I could, you know, help them yeah. realize that they, they have a life here to live. That's amazing. Do you, do you do any, like, charity, fundraiser kind of focus group stuff at all or is it just kind of in uh, so general? My, in college, I was in a sorority and our... Philanthropy was domestic violence awareness, and okay. so with that I did
2: work with a lot of women, and I still do now, I mean, I'm in a different state, obviously, and I'm an alumni, but just going through those cases of young girls that were abused or by their dad, thinking, oh, you know, he's my father, I have to, I have to, you know, he's my family, I have to stick with him, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really what's best for you, and right. but just, just knowing that, you know, I was a voice to those
1: people. Yeah. That's incredibly special. That's really awesome. It is. Um, going forward, I have just a couple other questions. One of the things I like to ask, um, sort of interesting to see if you could go back in time, um, either before your experience or after, if you could give yourself kind of a piece of advice, or maybe this is the advice you give other women and girls who've been through similar things. What would that piece of advice be?
2: really not let the, the, I know as hard as it may sound, but not let the small things or the things that are out of your control, like in my case my parents divorced me. like not really blaming yourself for that, mm-hmm. and and keep chasing your dreams, because I know that when I went through that it was it was one of those where I was very ambitious as a little girl, and then when that happened it just it didn't seem like I really it was my fault, or I mean I was always blaming myself, and I feel like the advice that I would give, I mean people that have gone through my my shoes or will go through, it's just really learning how to not blame yourself and not stress over things that you can't control. Like my parents force I know now that it wasn't my fault and I know that a lot of people will go through that mentally and, and it's really just pushing yourself that although it's
1: it's not gonna be easy, it's gonna be worth it at the end if you keep fighting for it. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's great advice. It really is. Um, one of my last questions here now your experience obviously had an incredible impact on you in general overall um this is kind of a two-parter i guess what part of your experience kind of impacted you the most and kind of on a deeper level why do you think you survived i know you are talking about second chance you've been able to talk to girls and women about um, experiences and life do you think that's Aside from living your own life, do you think that's kind of why you survived, was to be that kind of soul person to give that sage advice and lead other people?
2: I, I, I'd say so. I mean, like I said, I mean, I've always had this this heart in mind where I would give everything to everybody before I give it to myself. And I've always been a giver when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And so and so when, when all of this happened, it, it was just one of those where, I didn't care about helping other people because they didn't help me kind of thing and, and in reality they were it's just I wasn't seeing it and, and I would I mean I would have to say that yeah that definitely is my calling. I've, I I couldn't tell you how many times I've just gone to a grocery store and noticed that someone was a little off and I asked them if they were okay and they confided in me and so wow. I, I I would see it in that sense of, you know, I'm here for a reason yeah. for a reason yeah.
0: and I know that my story
2: I mean, it's a story that I've told before to many people that have been in my same shoes and, and knowing that, you know, I didn't have, I mean, I did have my family, but it was one of those where I would blame myself, but it's just, I didn't have that extra person that, like, you could detach yourself from all the feelings of, oh, you know, their family or they're just, just knowing that I could talk to a stranger about my situation like they do me, and I guess I find a comfort in that and that that's that's what I, I guess, I have to say that that's my... Reasoning. I'm just that hand that someone can reach out
1: to. Yeah, it's like, it's like you came back with a gift, you know, a gift yeah. for, for other people, which is amazing. And, you know, people can utilize those gifts and that's a very special thing. Um, so my last question would be, I know I asked you um, what advice you would give yourself or other women um, if you could provide our audience with any suggestions or feedback, whether it be about life, about sports, about hospitals and surgery, anesthesia, just kind of anything, any general last kind of wrap up thoughts and advice you might want to add to this. Um, I would have to say that, you know, given that we're in a time right now where the pandemic it, it can hit anybody and,
2: and really just don't wait before it's too late. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of people, especially now that have lost family members that didn't get to appreciate them while they were alive or didn't get to do the things that they wanted to while they were alive. I feel like that would be my, I guess, advice to those that are listening, that, you know, don't wait before you get sick or don't wait before someone in your family dies to tell them that you love them and, and embrace them while they're alive. Like, don't don't take someone... and I guess it's something that I've always grew up seeing, is don't take someone flowers after
1: they've, they've died. You know, take it to them so that you can enjoy it while they're alive. Wow. That's something that, that really stuck to me. Yeah, definitely. That sticks with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I, I think I'd that's rather someone fun. give me flowers while I'm
2: alive than on top of a casket yes. where I won't be able to see them and enjoy them.
1: Yes, stop and smell the roses because life is short is... 100%. Kind of the motto right now, especially with everything going on, I'm really glad you hit on that because I think, you know, we get wrapped up in a lot of what's going on and we lose focus uh, from each other, you know.
2: You know, such what it is that a lot of, I mean, especially people that are working right now trying to make it I mean, at the end of the day, you know, that, that job is replaceable. I mean, you're replaceable. And, right. And if, if that doesn't make sound, you mean, put you first, put, put what makes you happy first and if it means you finding
1: another job or not working and life traveling the world, we'll go ahead and do it. Hey, amen. That's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> I think everybody listening is going to really appreciate that and I think, you know, we all need a reminder and I, you know, that's what the show is for. It's kind of just to remind everybody that compassion is the most important for yourself and for others. So, um with that being said um feel free to add anything else if not I really really appreciate you coming on and just talking about your story I know these things can be touchy subjects and you seem to have told it many many times so thank you for sharing once more um and I think everybody's going to really appreciate this and take something away from it so yeah thank you Joanne
2: thank you guys for listening